everybody has a story. I remember being a young girl at age three years old, going to live with grandparents after my family separated and got divorced. And I remember my first language was Spanish. And every time at this grandparents' home, I would say something in Spanish, I would get slapped. And I had no idea what that was about. So other than that, I had to learn English pretty quick. And I still can remember translating from Spanish to English to think things through before I spoke. That was how I started. And that was some of my first earliest memories. Going forward a bit, I was with relatives who had a clothing manufacturing company and they made swimsuits and bras. And so every day at the big old age of three, I would go to the factory with my grandparents and I would feel like I was working, I guess, and they would give me little tasks to do all day. And so I had fond memories of that time. Yet at home, things weren't so great. So sometimes my mother was with me and sometimes she wasn't. And there was a lot of hitting and abuse that went on. By the time I was eight, I realized that things weren't so good. And I had gone to a a little garage sale with some money I saved up, I guess, from house chores or whatever. And I, I bought a book called Think and Grow Rich. And I read that book from cover to cover, trying to figure out how to grow rich. What was the secret to all this? Because all I really wanted to do was have money to move my mother and I out of the abusive situation and get a little home of our own. And I actually ended up convincing my grandparents and my mother to have me move out to the shed in the backyard. So we they actually put carpeting down, moved my bed out there. I did have electricity. Um, I had to go use the um, back porch bathroom when needed. And other than that, I, I was kind of on my own. And the reason I had moved out was because I just wanted some peace. And there was so much fighting in that house that... I didn't want to be involved. <laughs> and I made my little my little metal shed, the most beautiful metal shed you've ever seen. I had so many highs and lows in my life as a young girl, and I can remember oh gosh, I think I was back about five years old when my grandmother had these other friends that lived in, in California, and so they were beautiful, incredible, stoic women, probably in their 60s and 70s in that range, that they all had come from their own experiences and they had these beautiful stories they would share around the women's table. So they'd sit and have coffee and they would talk about all these ups and downs that they went through in life. One lady had lived in a concentration camp as a young girl and lost her relatives. Somebody rescued her and she went on to have a beautiful rest of her life. But she she shared these living history stories with me that were so real. And um, I thought, wow, another lady escaped from a country when they changed the dictator and they lost her and her husband lost everything and had to start over. 
Another lady, her husband passed away and she had to take over the Greek restaurants in Los Angeles. She was very well known for that because back then it was kind of frowned upon for a woman to run a business. Things were very different. And so I remember hearing their stories and thinking, wow, well, these women, they made it and I'm going to have life and there's going to be adventures in my time and I'm going to get through it. And so I carried their stories with me throughout my journey. It wasn't much longer until at the age of 10, 10 and a half, where there was some really bad abuse going on and unhealthy things. And so at one point at five in the morning or so, my mother woke me up and said, you know, you got to go. There's people coming from you. And, you know, they would they would actually arrest me and take me away a lot of the times when um, when the abuse happened. And so I I ran off and did what my mother said and, and took went through the dirt. I, I had my pajamas on still and I I got away and I, I did actually have a bus pass to get to and from my little elementary school and actually had started uh, middle school early. And so um, at that point, and so I went and stayed with friends and I stayed with this friend and that friend. And sometimes I stayed up all night in Hollywood and, and, um, hung out with older kids. And, uh, you know, I was, I was definitely guided and guarded by angels through all that. And sometimes I would have to be really resourceful and I would stay in Santa Monica and, and help the fortune teller at the pier and, 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 um, earn money with this junior careers and do all these, these things. And I thought now in my mind, I thought I was on my own adventure and that was just part of life. I didn't think of it as homeless. I didn't think of it as bad or, you know, it just was what it was. And I think, you know, mindset has a lot to do with how we get through things in our life. I discovered this foster care system and I had to turn myself in as a runaway. And so I got in there and I felt like, gosh, I didn't even commit a crime, but I, <laughs> I, I thought, hey, you know, this is great. I can go to this group home. And uh, they gave me a choice. I chose a group home. I worked and went to school. I was there about the first week that I entered this group home. I was, I noticed that this beautiful couple had purchased the old orphanage and it was this huge mansion and they made it into an art gallery. Uh, one of the, the, the couple, uh, Michael and Pamela, one was an architect and the other was a famous painter. And so I knocked on that door that first week to their house, to their new house. And I said, hi, I'm Sheila and I want to be your personal apprentice. And uh, Michael had been an orphan in his lifetime. And so, of course, he, he loved the fact that I knocked on the door. So another point is never think that it's hopeless. Go knock on the doors. The only way you're going to get a yes is if you keep asking and knocking on the doors. So I was hired and I, I learned about the dance of the soul between one choice of how to live and another choice of how to live. So I would go home 
to the group home during the week. And on the weekends, I had a special permit and pass and I would go stay at this home at this beautiful mansion. And they gave me my own room and I would help them with fancy events and meet, met all the astronauts back then and all these famous people. And I learned about how to greet people and, and how to do events and how to dress and all these, these really important things. And, and then I would go back to the group home, to the girls' home, and, you know, I would hear uh, their stories and be able to have compassion and relate and, and understand where they were coming from and why sometimes they made the interesting choices they made. And sometimes I'd go out with them and they'd always end up getting into trouble. And I thought, well, that, that doesn't really work. <laughs> and so I, I chose um, I made that choice back then that I was was going to live a certain life and and you know kind of stay clear of trouble and and this and that so that's that was my my decision and it was all from knocking on that one door later in life um, I emancipated early when that that little couple left they got divorced and I decided to go out on my own I, I ended up getting three jobs and I had to go to court to emancipate and I did by the time I was 15 I had graduated uh, high school and was getting ready to start college and so that was a new journey. And so in life, there are so many ups and downs and rock bottoms and you'd get back on track. Um, I later ended up with six children, three I did foster to adopt. And so I gave back that way. And then by the time I was 23, I thought I was really grown. So I opened my first gift store and I ended up having five gift stores. And with that, I, I hired um, incredible young young adults that were considered at-risk youth from these homes, emancipating or other situations. And I worked with uh, the government on, on this training program and trained them in every aspect of running a gift store. And there's something about when you give, you receive in this life, because as I was having a heart to my business. Yes, I was selling gift store items and whatever my clients wanted, I would end up bringing into this big store and then many stores. But I always made sure that I was giving back to my community. We'd have parties on the weekend and dances and the people would come in and dance and then I have live bands playing. And and then I would... Um, have my my kids and those were my all these over close to a hundred students that ended up going through my training program and I was very blessed and I learned real estate and and bought my buildings over time and so that's how I got into that and raising my children I ended up um really getting focused on that. I had ups and downs though. I had a difficult marriage. Um, we just weren't aligned. And so at some point that ended, I got to travel the world. And then most recently, uh, back in 2017, I lost my home, my, my car and my cat to the Ventura house fires. And I thought, wow, after doing so well for so long, this was a rock bottom. And at that point was when I sat down and I thought, how come I was back on track within a month? 
and moved to Beverly Hills and and upgraded my career and and everybody else was still watching because the the smoke the flames the fire was still burning and and I had done something differently so what did I do during all these different situations was I went through I made it into the boots formula. So the first thing I did was the B for being. It was about who I'm being and all I'm doing and who I needed to be to make a shift in that that situation, whether it was who I needed to be to to get a new upgraded job and move to a new house after losing everything in a fire. Or as a young girl, who did I need to be? You know, there I was going from homelessness to foster care to knocking on a door. I needed to be pretty strong and and in a certain mind state in order to go knock on that door and get that first apprenticeship job at that young age of 13. So it's who are you being and all you're doing this year um, and who do you need to be in order to have the situation show up that you really desire in your life. The next thing is the first of the boots formula is for orientation, is to say, this is where I'm at. It's not better than it is. It's not worse than it is. And this is where I'm at. And this is where I need to go. Once you know those things, you also can start with the next O, which is order of operations. And that's where you have to decide in what order do I need to do things? Well, for me, uh, back in when I was really young in the foster care system, I had to decide which order I wanted to do things in. Did I want to go, you know, learn and work from some with some incredible people uh, that were willing to share their knowledge and be my apprentice or uh, and have me be their apprentice? Or did I want to go have fun and party and, and do things that young kids sometimes do? And I had to make that choice of which order was more important. And sometimes we're going to have to do that, roll up our sleeves and do the work in order to get the results we want and do things in a certain order. The next one, the next letter in the boots formula is for T and that's for thinking. That's the mindset. That's the mindset of changing your state and deciding, oh, you know, I'm not this homeless kid that's in foster care. I'm, I'm going to be your personal assistant or, um, yeah, I just lost my car, my cat and my house, but you know what? I'm going to go move to Beverly Hills and work at this new company doing the real estate that I had led and courses on and and done for many years at this point. But it was all a mindset, you know, it was my thinking. And the last thing was stepping up the S in the boots formulas for stepping up and that's stepping into stepping up and knocking on the door, stepping up and asking for the job, asking for help when you need it, being honest, but also being willing to take responsibility for what you can change in your life. Uh, Because, you know, when we're in the blame game, oh, I can blame the fire. I can blame this year's pandemic. I can blame being this kid in foster care. I can blame so many things or I can take the responsibility and say, yeah, this thing happened. Some of it was, most of it was out of my control, but what's in my control? I'm going to take responsibility for that. I'm going to take my power back and I am going to redesign my life on my terms. And that has made all the difference in my life. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard. And we want to share yours. 
For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.